episode of the Future Barn podcast, where I have conversations with folks in my community who I'm already having uh, in real life conversations with about the way they think and live and make their decisions. Uh, and I and something about it sparks a need for me to record it. So I invite them over to my garage to sit down uh, and chit chat about uh, what's going on in their lives. Um, so this week's episode is with uh, my longtime friend Josh Lee, um, who's a mechanic, uh, new disc golfer, um, uh, enthusiast of all things metaphysical, um, and so we get into all those different areas, um, and yeah, so this is another one of me sitting down with a good buddy um, and just kind of uh, digging a little deeper into the stuff we always talk about. Um, so I think it's a great episode. Uh, it's also... Uh, this one represents, uh, all the shy folks, the quiet folks out there. Josh isn't, um, a big talker, so I do a lot of the talking, uh, as is true of our relationship. Uh, but, you know, he wanted to come on, and, uh, I think that, I think that's a big, uh, step for, uh, and a big thumbs up for quiet folks. So, uh, I think this episode also represents that well. So thank you for listening. Thanks to our Patreon patrons who support my work, which helps uh, support this podcast. Um, if you'd like to check that out and subscribe to be a Patreon patron, go to patreon.com slash yourbuddytgob. Uh, also, as always, thanks to Creeping Pink slash Landon Caldwell for letting us use their song Free Yourself um, as our theme song. And otherwise, take care of yourself, uh, wear your mask. Be nice to each other, um, and leave a uh, leave a voice message on the anchor page uh, if you got something to say. All right, thank you. Bye. Um, well, I appreciate you doing this. Um, yeah, no problem. You know, <laughs> it was so when you first a few months ago were like, "Hey, I could come on the podcast sometime." I I had thought of you that you were on my list. But I was like, 
I ne- I thought you would say no. So, but it's just so funny that you you even said yes first. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm glad we made this happen too because, uh, yeah. So the last two people I've had scheduled ha- have canceled on me for the reason you almost had to cancel on me. Yeah. Where, uh, well, theirs was a little more. Well, they came in contact with people who actually had COVID. You came in contact with someone who might have been in contact with yeah. someone. So, someone, I didn't know. Yeah, My dad so, just like thrusted on me yesterday. Like, that, like a coworker. My, a coworker's wife tested positive. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to work, but his son also worked there too. So yeah. And everyone's so, been pretty close. So I wanted to talk about this because, well, like, because there's like a thought process. I think it gets blanketed sometimes of like, you always wear a mask. You always stay in your house. You all, or fuck it all, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, I think it's somewhere in between. And so I wanted to just kind of start out by talking about that process because with both of the other ones, it was like one of them, his coworker tested positive and had symptoms. Okay, well, okay, maybe we should wait. Mm-hmm. And he was getting tested and he was going through. And then the other one was um, a coworker that he's training uh, was having symptoms and then has since tested positive. Um, and so I was like, yeah, well, but this one, yeah, we're- I wasn't sure I, I hadn't had to deal with it yet. Really? So I didn't <laughs> know the protocols. Like Kaylee called work and was asking and they were like, no, it's all right. Since it's not, it wasn't close contact with you. So yeah. Everything Cause you could do that. Like you could keep expanding it of like, well, I was in contact with, now I could be like, well, I was in contact with Josh who was in contact with his and coworker. Down and, everything. and then it's like, well, maybe that's a little, you know, or it's like the people who like, if there's no one around, we'll have a mask on, you know, those kind of, and that seems less preventative and more like self-care and that's fine too. Like if you would have been like, like one of the guys that was supposed to come on was, was like, I was like, I feel like, I don't know, you could sit six feet apart. Um, we could, you know, we could wear a mask and still do this. And he was like, well, I would just feel terrible if I gave it to you or it somehow. And I was like, I get that. So that's kind of that. So it's just a fine line of like, like actual, like scientific, like preventativeness, self-care. Just caring for others. Just caring for others. Um, that's why I wear a mask more than anything. I, I hate that thing where people, I know we're not going to get like super political, but I, that, that thing is just bad thinking where it's like, well, I'm fine. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm fine. But like, I want everyone else to be fine. Yeah. Um, it's understandable. Yeah. And so I try, that's like why I try to do a mask. But this is interesting because I started a, I started a podcast during a pandemic. So I'm inviting people to come <laughs> to my house <laughs> and be in close contact with me. But, but, oh, another reason that I was okay with this too was because you and I have been in contact. We've kind of chosen each other. Like I kind of chose like five or six people that like, these are people I'm going to be around and I know where they go and I know that they're smart about what they do. And you're one of those people. So like we play disc golf together every Thursday. We like other things we'll probably talk about. So what, so I was also like, well, 
if I got it, I probably got it from Josh. Yeah, <laughs> we were together the day before. Um, <laughs> also, I don't see a lot of people, so we'll be all right. And um, yeah, but but yeah, so the, and people have asked me. One of the guys that had to cancel asked me, "Why, why uh, can we do it like? Can you call me or do it on Zoom or something?" And I was like. I, I want to eventually figure out how to do that so I can reach out to more people in small towns and stuff. And, and, but right now, there's something about this that's really important the to me. The one-on-one. The yeah. sitting down, to, being, to welcoming you in my home. To, we're sharing beers. Or not sharing beers. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're having beers together. Um, so, and then, yeah, and then just for, I think, for different people, maybe people uh, who are shy or who... Or who it's maybe more like a friendship. This will open them up more too than just being like, "Hi, person on the t- on the TV screen, on, on the, the internet. computer screen." <laughs> I can't talk. Um, but yeah, does that all make sense? Oh yeah. But you, yeah, you said you said let's go for it. You sent me this text that was like, "No, yes." Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I wasn't sure where it was going at first. I just wanted to yeah, touch yeah. base. And... Yeah, you were working it out. So why ultimately did, were you like? What was your reasoning behind like it's it's cool let's do it i mean we already hung out the day before and yeah i've not i'm not really that close in contact with him at work yeah sometimes but yeah because you guys have like so i haven't said this yet this is josh lee hello (laughs) one of his many things is he's what's your actual title is it mechanic can you call yourself yeah Yeah. he's a mechanic at uh lee's service center did i get that right and uh, yeah, and so one of his coworkers was in contact with uh, his wife, who was who, uh, who tested positive. And yeah, but you guys don't like you guys. You have your own like toolboxes. You have your own like bays, mostly. Yeah, pretty much. Sometimes we'll help each other out and stuff, but it's usually not like face to face or anything. And you still don't know if he had like. Yeah, he. I don't think he's been showing any symptoms. He's just, you know, staying hopefully home just went, in case. Yeah, and got tested, and hopefully, hopefully they're in different rooms. I don't know how. I don't know how you would do that if you're, like, I don't. know. I feel like you're already that close to contact, living in the same house. Is it really gonna matter if you're in a different room? Yeah, yeah, that's what I. Um, Cause you're probably gonna have to use the same bathroom. You're gonna eat it in the kitchen. I mean, yeah, I would assume. So it's like, ooh, but Same hey, not, <laughs> I, not our problems right now, I guess. Um, well, anyways, we wish them well. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, when I talked to you the other day about what are we going to talk about, and and uh, you said existence. So what what did you mean by that? What is what does that mean when you were thinking about what you wanted to come on and talk about? I don't know. It's just stuff I like thinking about nowadays. Sure. So what? So what? What do you mean by existence? Like what? What do you? What all? It's like why are we actually here? Yeah. And how are we actually here? Yeah. Like it's so creation, it's almost unexplainable. Things. Yeah. And then the stuff we don't know, but we can think about and yeah, yeah. which is kind of where um, it, it's the basis of every religion. It's why there are so many religions. Oh yeah. Is because we have the same questions. Where are we? Where do we come from? Where are we going? What do we do while we're here? Where Where do we go when we're dirt? Or we go to the dirt? That's what I I think we're dirt, but uh, which is exciting. Um, but we have all those same questions. But you're coming at them 
from a, would you call it more of less like religious? It's spirit. I would still call it spiritual. Nowadays, I'd say it's spiritual. When I first started thinking about this kind of stuff, it was more scientific. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of blended into the spiritual. Um, but even going back, would, would you say it was... Could you, were, were you ever religious? I know you're from a religious family. Were you... Re- no, like, I hated church growing up. You never... No, you never I did really, not like going at all. I, and you I never went really, with my family, but... And in terms of be- belief system, that was never like a belief system that you like had? No. No. Not back when I was... So, is, so then science led you... But now you're kind of moving back to spirituality. I have a similar where... Well, it's I, science and experiences that I've gone through that have kind of... Yeah, you Push are me over to the spiritual side. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's what you like that, that uh, the experiential. Um, and you're open. Not one thing I love about you. You're open to a lot of possibilities, oh, yeah. and that's always exciting. Because um, I know that I don't know. I know that yeah. there's so much more that I don't know that I I can maybe find out someday. Does so. that not knowing, or does that that admitting to not knowing does that is that feel freeing to you? Yeah. Because cause I feel like sometimes a lot of people... I'm not tied down to Or tied down, right? Yeah. Um, and so you're like, okay, I'll, I'll listen to that, or I'll, I'll think about that, or I'll... That's... Yeah. Um, so have you any recent um, discoveries, whether stuff you've read or witnessed or felt, um, that have been impactful for you? Um, well, this year... Pretty much this year, in the beginning of last year, I've gotten really into meditation. Sure. That's on my list. I was learning about uh, Kriya Yoga. Okay. It's um, from uh, India. Sure. Um, A guy named uh, Pramahansa Yogananda came over to America. Good job. Good pronunciation. Yeah. I've said it a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of hard names from there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he came over to America from India, like... I think it was early 1900s to teach yoga. Well, they call it yoga. I mean, Americans kind of think of yoga as like stretching and stuff, but it's yeah. more of the mindfulness meditation okay. practice. Yeah, but it it is in that in that culture in the original cultures it was yoga was a wider term, right? Yeah, that included the stretching. Yeah, and the, it's all and the mindfulness. Yeah, it's all tied in together. Yeah. The, whole practice basically the whole practice of living can be tied into it so i didn't realize that was so recent though that's something you said like within the last year yeah oh i i haven't I, been doing it for i got this time. sense that it was long, so so yeah so what's kind of the origin story of that where where did your curiosity get peaked for yoga yeah or for that or for mindfulness meditation yeah now just during work i'd always listen to different kinds of podcasts and stuff sure and, talk about it and somehow I I've always been kind of interested in it but I've never really put in the practice yeah of doing it me too I'm in the same I was in the same boat and just listening to more stuff about it that I learned about Kriya Yoga and there's a guy oh yeah let's talk about that more what there's a guy go ahead well there's a guy it's he's an American guy he he just has a YouTube channel and he teaches about it and teaches you methods and stuff um, but the origins of it, it actually uh, goes back to, uh, <laughs> what do they call it? His name is Babaji, but 
He's not like a, it's not a person. Okay. It's a... a spiritual kinda, entity? Yeah, basically a spiritual entity. But he came to this guy named Lahiri, Lahiri Masha. Okay. It was just a normal guy. And he found him in a cave or something. And, okay. You know, All that kind of thing. Origin stories start <laughs> with finding someone in the cave. And he taught him the ways of Kriya Yoga. Then there's that lineage down to yeah. Pramahansa. So what about... So two things. Kriya Yoga is like mindfulness. But what... I'm familiar with like... I guess it was just... I'm just... I, I just call it mindfulness meditation. I don't know what exactly it falls under. Um, but yeah, what like separates it from other types of meditation or mindfulness or what? It has or what was appealing with, it has what a lot was to do with breath work. Mm-hmm. Like they do uh, breath work and moving energy throughout your body. Yeah, I love that. I love the energy thing. I learned that at X in the Psych Ward. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, now we, did a, we did a meditation thing and it was the take your energy and put it in your feet and then the you know, move it to a spot that has pain and, you know. Yeah, they have a few different practices. I'm not sure if the one I do is actually like the true practice, you know, sure, but sure. it's what I've evolved it into and yeah. it works for me, so it that's what I do. You. Yeah. But like I start off and I like feel the energy at the bottom of my spine and just move it up through my spine up to the crown uh-huh. of your head. Yeah. And as you breathe in. And then as you breathe out, you let it flow back down through your body. Yeah. Then just do that a couple of times. Then you um, stay at your crown and just hold at your crown and breathe in and out. Yeah. And just try to relax your mind and let go pretty much. And It's kind of a remarkable way that you can actually feel it, right? It yeah. almost feels like in some ways it feel it's kind of trippy where yeah. it's like it feels like all the blood is rushing to your or not necessarily blood, but all the. It does feel like the energy, maybe it is, rushing to your head or, you know, we, when I've done the ones with like the feet or you do take it to your fingertips or, you know, it's weird how like your mind, yeah, relays that message. And it's like moving your consciousness yeah. to certain points in your body. Yeah, and that, re- that reminds me, or that, it's a really good reminder that your body and your mind are so, or are linked and you can't do anything about it like that is the fact and i think that's so uh i i think it's something that we often forget i know i've forgotten often in my lifetime is that taking care of my body is a way to take care of my mind or my mind working properly affects my body working properly vice versa but i also think like i am not really my body or my mind yeah i'm the observer living through the body and the mind. Yes, yes. The consciousness aspect that's connected to the greater consciousness of the universe. Yeah, the app I do, Waking Up by Sam Harris, he does that a lot where he's like, he has you like point at your face. Have you done that one? Mm -mm. Where you like point point at your face and then you try to go with the finger and try to look back and find the one who's doing the observing and you can't like, it's hard to do, right? Because it's... uh, yeah, and like, yeah, and he has you do that, and he, uh, or there's this, oh, what's the guy's name? I forget, but Sam really likes him a lot, and it's, um, he he had the book called The Headless Way. You heard of this guy? Mm-hmm. It was about how you 
you don't actually have a head because your consciousness can't actually your head is just an object in consciousness so it's like this trippy like you can't actually see your head <laughs> like kind of thing uh but it, it all gets a little when you start pushing on it sometimes it gets a little fuzzy on the edge but it's still i really enjoy the the sensation of it um but so i'm sorry you were talking about um yeah, so that we were talking. So you said you were an observer on that side of your mind, and because you're, you're the observer you're talking about is your consciousness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so your mind, which your brain, is is just an, another organ in your body. So your body's and your body is just another object in space and time, right? Yeah. Like I this agree. chair or. The ping pong table. Yeah, I always like to throw on the ping pong table, which Josh gave me. Actually, it's it's it gets mentioned in almost every episode for some yeah. reason because it's an easy <laughs> like awesome. I use it as metaphors. I use it because it's I use it as an object when I need an object. It's right here. Um, so what? It, so so let's drill in a little bit on what your practice looks like. So do you're a morning guy so do you do yeah. this before you go to work yeah i like to get up early and get my shower and then after that i'll sit down for a while sometimes 15 minutes sometimes half an hour sometimes an hour just depends now are you are you guiding yourself at this point or are you still doing those videos i guide myself now yeah. sometimes i'll go back and do some guided meditations but usually it's just me because i feel like i can get to where I want to with that. Yeah, I, I wonder. I, I wonder about that because I have sometimes. I'm like so thankful for Sam Harris's voice. Like he's got this kind of like droney, like boring voice, and it it really grounds. It really keeps me in it. And then sometimes it totally swoops me out where I'm like starting to get there, and there's like a long silence, and then he'll speak, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like out of it again, and so. So I'm, I'm looking forward to when I can get to more of that. Um, yeah, more of that self-guided stuff. Yeah, um, I love the silence that it brings. Mm -hmm. And usually after like, I've got it down to about 15 minutes, I can get to where I want to get, where I just get this like calming sensation throughout my whole body. And yeah. It just feels good. But I, I want to point there that you said after like 10 or 15 minutes, right? So it's still, it's not something you can like snap, no. but it's, it's this practice of, that's why a lot of people, when I try to get them to do it, they're like, it doesn't work for me. Or I can't do it. I suck at it. You know? And it's like, yeah, it's work. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's totally counterintuitive the way our mind naturally works, but it's totally helpful in the way that we, our mind can work is the way I always think about it. Um, and so what's the, have you seen like an every, or I'm sure you have, what have you seen as the everyday effect of your practice on your, on your life, right? Cause there's, there's the practice, which is great, but then there's the way that you can use those skills, use that mindfulness in your everyday life. So have you, there's like afterwards, you just get this calmness throughout your day and you're able to take a step back from every the chaos of life yeah and just see it from an observer point and not get so caught up in it not let it control your emotions yeah like sometimes it used to like used to 
I hated going to work for a while, but then nowadays I just flow through it like nothing. Because you're set up, you're setting yourself up well, doing it before work to like, yeah, you're, you're, like, re, you're like recalibrating your mind. Yeah. B before you go into this thing that's difficult and annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Repetitive. And, yeah. Repetitive, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, I found that too. So something I'm coming to terms with is my relationship to anger. And I am like a really even-killed person. And then, I, and then I have these outbursts of anger, which I think you saw some when we were teenagers. And uh, I've been reading about how there's bipolar anger. So with me having bipolar disorder, there's, it's this kind of the switch flips, you know, kind of thing. And with, with meditation, one of the things I've noticed is right before that, or I can kind of, I can put a bigger gap between like trigger or, I hate that word, but you know, trigger or the thing that caused the catalyst in the in the switch flipping um i can put a bigger gap in between that just by like taking a breath and take you know and and doing like even just like quick like breathe in breathe out and follow the breaths or looking for the observer those kind of tactics really help to just ground me and i can just carry that up. i don't have to do like sit down and be like i feel a little angry i'm going to do it like a full 10 minutes but like i can just do like a 10 second you know and mm -hmm. it, it really it's a nice little reset it's re exactly and it's really made a hell of a lot of difference uh but i see it too i see it in you i i i do see it in you where i i remember we had a text exchange recently where i was a little irritated with a friend a mutual friend and you gave me the perfect, most mindful response where you said, like, basically you said, he's on his own journey. You can either choose to get on that journey or get up, like, back away from that journey, you know, but you can't, don't let that journey affect you. Basically yeah, is what you said. Either choice is fine. Yeah, either choice is fine. But, but it's hard sometimes to see, as reactive emotional creatures, it's hard sometimes to see that those are choices. Like, the choices for me always naturally the impulse is either is either like never talk to that person again or scream at them <laughs> and, and it's like no they're here you're here your object like objects and, and like and that was such a beautiful reminder but i also think that that's such a beautiful uh practice to have because of not only what it can do for you but like you helping me in that situation, and I'm sure you help with your family and uh, and other friends in other ways. Um, and so it does. I don't. I don't want to sound like too much of a cheerleader for my mindfulness meditation, but I've noticed that the majority of the nicest, most rational, uh, most caring people I know do mindfulness meditation, some sort. It could of change some, the world if people of some sort, and I'm like, that can't be a coincidence. Maybe teaching kids in school when they're young. Yeah, yeah. That that app that I do, his wife Annika Harris actually has a whole section. She did meditation for kids uh, five and older. It's really cool. Um, and the, yeah, they're like five minute lessons or whatever. But um, well, yeah, good job with that. Keep keep that up. Um, yeah, definitely. Will. Uh. Oh yeah, another thing I was going to talk about is 
kind of related to that is we can talk about whatever level you feel comfortable talking about, but with substances, I was thinking of CBD. You changed my life earlier this year with CBD where I was, I had quit smoking weed as a method of, of clearing my mind to better see what was my disorder and what was me and, and to see how my brain actually functioned at this point in time uh, without those chemicals and you know I quit drinking for a little bit and all that kind of stuff but then you were but I was having some major anxiety problems especially with my wife just leaving and some other things happening and you were like you should try CBD man and I was like (laughs) yeah yeah I should and you introduced me to sacred smoke herbals um this lady in what is is it Arizona I think she's in Arizona yeah um but yeah so uh and all the great products she has uh, and it's re- yeah, it really for that like six month period where I was just trying to get leveled back out. It was the perfect middle ground. Uh, and so what? Let's talk about CBD, man. CBD, I love CBD. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, I like weed too. So for anyone I've, who's confused, CBD is basically it's weed without the thc right yeah yeah i mean it's It's basically the calming part of the thc or the weed without the part that like gets you all fucked up and (laughs) yeah exactly makes you feel like an idiot yeah and sometimes makes you act like an idiot um because i found it like as a great alternative to weed too because i had points in my life where i used weed just basically to get away from reality for a while yeah yeah yeah, I, I was trying to come back to reality, which is why I needed to take a break. But CBD has, it's like we're talking about, has, has that effect of, the, of just the basic like bodily kind of sensation, like calming, that kind of stuff, without the, the mind part, right, yeah. right? Where it separates you from reality. Uh, and I also like it, like we, we can, we used to, or we still do this like, smoke in the mornings when we play disc golf or it's also like one of those I love rituals and I love um yeah and I I love rituals and I love um community so the ability to like smoke a bowl is great but like when we're like playing disc golf at 9 a.m sometimes I'm like probably yeah just start the day like let's smoke like let's smoke some cbd and 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 we all calm, and we and it's the ritual of it, and it's that middle ground that we were talking about before of like the fuck mask or <laughs> you gotta wear a mask anywhere you are. It's like it's like you either gotta not do anything or you gotta get fucked up on weed. And it's like, <laughs> no, like let's. Uh, There's allowed to be a middle ground. Like let's middle ground, it and it's just it really works. Um, d- does that ever play into CBD or any other substance? Does that ever play into your? Uh, mindfulness practices or morning routines or anything like that yeah um i like the cbd oil sometimes in the morning okay do you just drop it like into your mouth i have a bottle of it and i don't know what to do with it because i'm like do i just put this (laughs) no i just put it in my mouth and drink some water swish it around and okay okay let it do its thing i don't know if you're like supposed to put it on like a graham cracker Each their own. <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> just over there eating <laughs> CBD up like no, some Oreos. Some people don't like the taste, so 
Yeah, that this the one I have is like orange blossom or something. It's it's good. Um, well, cool. Um, well, I know something else I wanted to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about. Um, I wanted to ask you how is the Schumann frequency today? This is something else you've today. Did I say it right? Yeah, the Schumann resonance. Schumann resonance is the frequency that the Earth gives off, and yeah. lately it's been kind of crazy. Is it magnetic? Is the magnetic frequency? Is that like? Or, I mean, it kind of ties into it, but it's just the like everything has its own base frequency. The Earth's is, I think it's around seven point eight or something okay. around that area. But sometimes it goes higher. And sometimes lower. it gets spiked. Sometimes it's caused by events going on in the world. Sometimes it's caused by like solar flares coming in. Sure. Different stuff in sure. the universe. Well, I I said it, and when I said it, obviously people listening can't see this. I like smirked a little because. Uh, you, you've had this, you've introduced me to this and have seen this connection between like my moods and the Schumann resonance. 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 Uh, how were you yesterday? We, how was I? Yes. That's a great question. How was I yesterday? One thing about bipolar is creates some memory loss sometimes. Let's see. Uh, yesterday. (laughs) There was was a big spike yesterday. Friday. Ooh. I did feel, I... I kind of crashed. Oh, I, I woke up feeling, I've been feeling awful in the mornings. Is that, maybe that has something to do with it. But, uh, and then I, I crashed last night pretty hard. But um, just like exhaustion from like, yeah, the mornings are really rough right now. And so then sometimes it makes me have a hard, tiring day. Um, but no, I was just thinking about, uh, I was thinking about that when I was making my list of things I want to talk about. Uh, Cause yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about you is that you're you're like into these like little strange little pockets of things. You have these little pockets little of knowledge. Things. Yeah, <laughs> it's like scientific, and then there it sometimes seems to go over to, um, uh, yeah, into just realms that like the everyday person like me, I'm not thinking about or looking into. So. Is there like a is there like a scientific institution that like has like an online reading uh, of the? It's this website. It's out of Russia that. Um, oh, has it. So, sure. It's, from the, it's on the other side of the world, but there's different places in the world. That, yeah, sure. That measures it. Yeah, but they're the main one I usually go to. It's been pretty erratic this year. This has been a crazy year for everyone. Sure. And so is that I like don't know a if it's just because I've been paying attention thing? more. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. What? I don't know. Yeah, it would be interesting to look at it historically of like when it, with like major world events, when it spikes and yeah. when it, um, things like that. Um, I was also thinking about you recently a lot because I've been reading this book called Bunk by Kevin Young. Kevin Young's a poet that I like. And, uh, but this is like, I meant to bring it out here, but it's like a 600-page book about, it's it's like bunk, hoaxes, conspiracies, fake news. It's like all that all that stuff, right? Like this, and he's tracking, and he's kind of doing it. Kevin Young's really interested in um, like African-American studies and all that. So he's kind of tracking it through like racial lenses, but, um, and often racist lenses, but he was, <laughs> he was, uh, but yeah, he's looking at that. And I know uh, 
you're you you're interested you're open to some of those things that might get called hoaxes or conspiracy theories and all that uh and so i just yeah and we've talked about it some and i just thought it'd be fun to talk about because there are people who are really into that stuff and i've always thought i've admired you for your ability to like be interested in that stuff but not be like overrun by that stuff and like yeah, lose sometimes it can get too much i've had that definitely yeah. but I, it's just another one of those things that i want to learn about yeah. i don't know if it's true or not i know that i don't know yeah yeah so i'd rather know what other people are thinking and be able to tie it in for myself and make yeah. my own conclusions on yeah that. you're interested in what's like yeah i'm interested in like what the people who are interested in the conspiracy theories are doing and what they're thinking that's uh more than i'm interested in like the conspiracy theories themselves also funny that i don't think i told you this uh i met with a psychologist uh and he was like giving me a, he, he, they always give you like he was doing this evaluation on me for this program i'm in and he was uh at, as we were as i was leaving he was saying um yeah don't do things that like heighten your uh, your manic state and he says so like no gambling he's like take it easy on the booze uh and uh don't look at conspiracy theories <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh <laughs> okay yeah there's some crazy rabbit holes you when it makes down, sense man. right with someone who's prone to paranoia and delusion and fits of mania it's not a good thing for me to like to like get into yeah it's something you could grab hold of it's and not a hobby. you can make it into your reality even though it might not be a reality yeah it becomes real for you and a lot of people have problems with that where there's the the guy busted into the subway or whatever with the gun who uh because there was the pizza gate thing i thought there was a child sex ring in the basement and the dude like busted in with the gun like those kind of things like he was gonna go break it up or something <laughs> like um and and yeah, so you get lost in it. Why do you think helps you not get lost in it? And where do you kind of draw that line? It helps me not get lost in it. Yeah, because we were like talking about, you know, like it's easy. Like I could get lost in the delusion and the paranoia of it. And um, some people get. I guess just trying to see like both sides of it. Yeah. Trying to actually find the truth when if you don't know that it's actually truth yeah you just don't take it too seriously if you don't know because what what can you do if you don't really know if there's no so you're like really withholding ju like final judgment or decision yeah pretty hard um like it's something that you can just put it in the back of your mind that yeah it could be a possibility but i'm not gonna let it affect me are you also kind of approaching it kind of as entertainment? It could be some, yeah. Right, like reading a short story. And you're like, this is interesting, but this... You yeah, know. that makes sense, because I've always been into, like, when I was a kid, I'd go get the ghost story books and stuff and yeah. in the library and um, see all about that stuff. Yeah. Well, and so then someone might say, like, yeah, but where's the line? Like... So you see it as entertainment or you are interested in it and you're open to the many possibilities of the world and that's great, but there is a line, right, where like, um, 
uh, yeah. Well, I was just actually today in that bunk book just read a, a thing about uh, there's this guy who was, or there's this person, this woman from Syria who had the Syrian American blog about her experience as a Syrian woman and an in, in American about the problems in the Middle East and all this. And it ended up being this like white dude in like Oklahoma. And there was someone who thought they were, yeah. And it was just like, people were like donating money to like, cause she went missing. Cause the guy quit posting. And so they were like trying to find her and like, uh, yeah. And like, so that hoax went, and then the guy was like, like four years into it was just like, I didn't know this was going to take off like this. He's like, I was just bored and trying to understand and trying to, uh, you know, and this book obviously gets much deeper into it. But so, yeah, where, where, where do you draw the line or when are you like, I'm out? Or do you? I mean, I don't really. It's all a possibility until I know if it's... Yeah, but how do you not, like... Well, like... Like Pizzagate, or whatever they call it. Like the child sex ring, right? That's not true, right? I think it probably is. There's been a lot of reports, especially a lot recently, of about uh, child sex rings being... Sure. There are certainly child sex rings. Hundreds of people getting arrested for it. Sex rings not wings trafficking yeah sure i i agree with that but what about like it's the liberal media like in liberal hollywood is like the main proponent of it do we see that yeah there's no proof so i don't yeah there's no no so i agree with like the yeah child yeah so child i think it is happening but i mean child sex slavery on them is a problem uh, but when things are throwing out, like, Oprah's in on it. Yeah. Like, someone's just saying, like, Oprah's in on it. And, <laughs> Anybody like, could say anyone. But doesn't that take away from, I think what some people would say, would say that takes away from the, legiti- the legitimacy and the severity and the focus of the real ones and the real situations. I definitely could, yeah. Yeah. And so that's why, besides my own... Uh, psychoticness I'm weary of some of that of just like diving head head first and playing around in the that playground where because sometimes it feels like well it's taking away the lens from like actual like we you know we know are true grain of salt and... but there are things like you said that we know are are true like we know yeah, that there's definitely there. evil going on in the world or yeah uh, yeah. And how is one to know how deep it goes? And... Well, sure, sure. Um, well, that's why I was wondering if there's a line where you're like, I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah. Especially with the way the internet is today. It's oh, yeah. like, cause you can, I can Google like, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like Oprah child sex ring. And it's like, <laughs> I can find plenty of things that look credible, air quotes, that say yes. And then I can also, in the same search, can find things that say no, you know? Yeah. Uh, or like when Tom Hanks got COVID and he was like, mm. and he was uh, quarantining. 
and then everyone was like, see, he's yeah, like going, going to hide the sex ring. <laughs> it's like, uh, maybe, but like, yeah, but like you can find both, right? And so it's just so, it's a mess. It's, we're in a strange time it's like you for can connect anything to anything, but it doesn't mean it's actually true. Information. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, today I just listened to Armchair Experts, uh, the podcast started a new one called Armchair and Dangerous, and they're having this guy come on that's a, uh, and maybe they're having a different person each time, but like an expert in like certain conspiracy theories. He came on and talked about the lizard people. And reptilians. The Yeah, and the, uh, is it David N- Nike or David? David Icke. David Icke. Uh, <laughs> and about David Icke. <laughs> you yeah, know him. Because I know these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. David, and I, th- this was a really good container for me because cause they were both talking about the situation, but it was, it was more like a expose on David Icke and less like a check out this crazy thing that's true. You know, it was more like here's how one person has chosen to live their life. And uh, yeah, he was fast. It was fascinating. That dude's. Uh, Super, yeah, super fascinating. Oh, yeah. Do mean, you, are they, you into the lizard people I, I, thing? Or I mean, I've listened to stuff about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's another one of those things, like, I don't know if it's true or not, but right. I'll listen to people's theories about it. Um, they could be living underground. They could be living. They, under- they, supposedly, they're like shapeshifters, so they could be yeah, Hillary and- Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is it always... Why is it? <laughs> it? It's funny how they've like gotten so uh, partisan to the conspiracy <laughs> theories. It's always like, yeah, so and so, or like all the QAnon stuff, like Donald Trump is doing secret code when he does hand signals. And it's like, it's so partisan now. We're like, where's like the good old fashioned the moon is made of cheese? <laughs> like, where, where's that one? I like that one. Um, oh, you don't want to get into the moon. So, okay, we won't, <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> we won't get in the moon. Um, well, we can get into something you've gotten into lately, thanks yeah. to me. Uh, disc golf. Disc golf. Um, I love it, man. I guess, oh, I'm so happy to hear you say it's that. It's fun. So, do you have any memory or any recollection of when we actually played the first time? Was it before or after Diana? Diana left on, or we, yeah, she left on April 1st. Was it before that or after that? Cause the, I think it might have been after. The play was in February and you came. I'm tr- sorry, we're trying. We're doing like uh, friendship homework as on air. <laughs> I don't think it was till afterwards because, I mean, I didn't have any discs then. And you let me borrow some. And- okay. And uh, you know what? I do know because I gave you her old bag. Yeah. That's, that's so she was. Yeah. All right. So, so it's been six months. Probably. Six and a half months uh, that you've been playing, which is not a long time, especially because disc golf is such a particular sport. So I try to tell people, like, people always go, I could throw frisbee. And they go out there, and it's especially, of course, like Elwood, and they suck ass. And it's like, yeah, it takes a while. But now you're at like the point where you're you're starting to see, like what you can actually do, mm-hmm. and you're actually yeah. 
and that was real bad at first i didn't know which hand i was supposed to throw it <laughs> i love that i love that yeah no josh, i'm kind of a switchy so yeah josh is one of those strange people that can throw with both hands like i have like an amazing right hand and my left one like doesn't belong to me it's like but like you like have this ability and some other people i know which is good and bad because you throw backhand with both hands, but forehand with neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for those well, listening, it's like left. when you throw backhand it, with one hand, it's the same as throwing forehand with the other. But if you throw backhand with both hands, then you have yeah, it's 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 just strange. It can be strange. <laughs> um, but we mostly played Elwood. We mo- but yeah. So what? Why do you love disc golf? What what got Besides hanging out with me. Yes. I get to hang out with you. <laughs> I love being in the woods. Just being yes, with nature. And just, it, it's another thing that calms me down a lot. Yeah. Getting away from society and just yeah. being out. Yeah, and the Elwood course is so interesting as a nature spot because it's on an old city dump. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but it's still beautiful. It, it is beautiful. It's like, it's a, it's a modern beauty. It's like, Look what we made on top of a dump. <laughs> and Built this, on the trash of our grandparents. <laughs> right? This beautiful, this beautiful, like, difficult, interesting, weird course. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Um, like, the course we took you to the other day, we played McConaughey Park in Peru. That's like a old school, like, like park course. Um, it was pretty rugged, though, too. There's some weird stuff there, too. Yeah, I like weird courses. Um, I don't like, yeah, um, I'm playing Anderson tomorrow and like, it's open. Oh, we're going to take you there soon, but like it's open and it's fun and it goes around this levee and it's, yeah, it's, it's in a park, but those weird courses where like, I like Elwood cause like I could trip and fall on a piece of glass <laughs> yeah, you cut yourself open and, and it's, it's okay. <laughs> um, so I have actual questions about disc golf, uh, for you. Um, what is something that I know this, I know you have an answer for this. What is something you wish I would have told you like about this golf or a tip you wish I would have gave you that you figured out on your own? I'm sure there's something that like, why didn't Tyler tell me this? If you can't come up with something. So I feel like I haven't done a good job of explaining to you stability. On discs. Okay. The numbers on the discs, I pretty much have no idea what they mean. You know what? Except for the third one. I've been playing for... Interesting. I've been playing for 11 years, and I barely know... I barely... People will be like, yeah, that's an 11, 4, 2, minus 2. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, I know what my disc does, and I, I know, like, low speed, high speed. Like, so, yeah. So, so basically, it's... The first number is speed. Putters are like two, one, you know. Mid ranges are like four to six or something. And then fairway drivers are like seven to 11. And then high speed drivers, distance drivers are like go up to 15 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the next number is glide. And I think it goes up to six. I don't, I see, I, I don't know. And then like the next number is glide and like how much it like floats in the air. And then 
turn is that third number, which way it likes to go, kind of the opposite of what it's supposed to do, and fade, the way it comes back, its natural curve. Um, but yeah, I I didn't really explain that to you. One, because when you don't really throw, you don't. It doesn't really have much actual application. And then two, I I don't really find it very useful. Uh, like I'd rather throw a disc and be like. It flies like this. You it's know? crazy how different the discs fly. Yeah. You, you can't tell just by looking at them. You That's have to another throw. misconception people have uh, is like, they're like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just take this one driver out there. And they always buy like the most overstable fast driver. That everyone buys That's a what destroyer. I got destroyer. <laughs> everyone buys <laughs> a destroyer <laughs> or a boss because Meyer sells them or like Dunham's always has boss and destroyers. And like, I can't throw a boss. I don't have the arm for it. I don't play courses that are good for it um, in most scenarios. And, yeah, people, so they'll go out there with that and just fling it around or try to putt with it, and it's like, boom, and dies. <laughs> like, and, um, but it is amazing. You know, you've probably got well, a couple centimeters difference on the way the rims are, a couple centimeters different on how l- wide the disc is. And then otherwise, I'm like, must be magic. I don't really <laughs> how thick the rim is. Those different kinds of things. Yeah, before I started playing, it was just frisbees a frisbee. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. Well, which is crazy um, because you think about like Ken Climo won twelve World Championships in the nineties, like the late eighties and nineties, uh, and maybe even in the early two thousands. And he uh, he was playing with like. Like what would essentially be a mid-range now, and or like a leopard, but like an old like the shitty DX plastic leopards. Like he didn't have all these discs, and he was like touring in like an old van. You know, now they're touring in like Sprinter vans, like all decked out. And he won like twelve world championships. But I went back and looked the other day. It is funny. In in like the early nineties, there was one year where he never got worse than fourth in a, an event the entire year. In like thirty-two events, he got like fourth once and then you like one or got second and all the other ones and then i started looking up more and there were only like 10 people in those events (laughs) like versus now he has to compete against all these people who are also touring you know it's just so funny the way it's changed and the technology has really blossomed out of it um i never realized how big it was and how many courses there's courses everywhere courses everywhere you know the PDJ, the Pro Disc Golf Association, likes to claim that it's the fastest growing sport in America. Take that with a grain of salt, but it could be true. If you uh, know about it, yeah, it popped up out of nowhere for me, pretty much. Yeah, but it makes sense that it's it would like that it's the sport that is getting the most new players. Makes sense. Like, not a lot of, especially adults, are picking up disc golf. Not a lot of adults are like going and like starting to play soccer. Like and it's not a big investment to get into it, really. Exactly. That's yeah. Getting, and you've noticed where you have friends who are addicted to disc golf who will just give you discs. Yeah, that's, that's nice too. <laughs> that is, that helps. and that happens all the time. Uh, I've said this on this program, but uh, it's one of the things I love most about the disc golf community at large, but also the Elwood disc golf community. They're just so friendly and so open, and anyone out there. Will 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 
any of the players out there will give you disc if you need if like someone's interested in trying. I've given disc to kids who are out there, you know. Um uh yeah, and oh one of the greatest stories, I might have said this on here, so but I don't think I have. There was this one situation where someone's bag got stolen out of their car. They're like two hundred dollar bag and like probably like four hundred dollars worth of disc and um and the the just through a Facebook feed, they put the guy's bag back together. Someone donated a bag they had. They were like, "What kind? What disc do you throw?" It wasn't just giving him randos. Like, "Oh, I throw destroyers and leopards." Stuff he's used to. And people were like, "I got a leopard you can have. I got a, you know, a wizard you can have. You know." And, and put the guy's bag back together in like an afternoon on Facebook. That's awesome. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, this is, that is a true, like, community mm-hmm. uh, thing. And so I also just can't wait till you get uh, comfortable uh, and at a skill level where you can, like, you can play, like, Saturday doubles. You can come play Saturday doubles or play a tournament or something. Because it, it, you'll love it. You'll love it. Um, maybe next year. Maybe. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, you're already getting better. You scare me sometimes. <laughs> and then Zach almost beat me the other day. I'm like, I got to step up my game. Nah, um, I don't know how to play in the wind. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that, yeah, we played in the wind. And it is it is very tricky. Um, well, that was actually one of my questions was, uh, how do you feel about winter golf? How do you feel about playing in the cold? I'd be down to try it, definitely. Yeah. Definitely have to bundle up, but... Might make things a little harder. Yeah. I got a good tip today. Uh, for folks trying to throw disc golf or whatever, or just being active, this makes sense. Long johns, like a couple layers, or maybe a hoodie, but dude had on like one of those thick-ass uh, vests, like wool vest, because it leaves the arms mm-hmm. unencumbered, but it still like packs in the torso with heat. So, so I'm going tomorrow to find me one of those yeah, like, fleece vests. Um, I never thought I'd be the kind of guy that bought a vest. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a, I had a leather vest when I was like 12. <laughs> but, uh, Get it, cut of, off the sleeves. Because of Stone Cold Steve Austin, I had a leather like he had. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, living in Texas made me such a weenie uh, with the cold. I just can't just do warm it. all year. I just, well, because it's, it gets, like, today is, like, the coldest day, you know? But we're just getting started mm-hmm. here. But in Texas, like, today, you know, like, highs in the mid-40s, lows in the high, low 30s, that's, like, the worst day in Austin. And so I just played all the time, and, like, if I just waited until until noon or 1, I could... Almost any day I could play in just like a sweatshirt and pants. And it's a bundle, you know. But like there are times when you're playing in the winter here where you have to, you get this like little method where you have gloves on and then you like take one glove off and put it in your pocket to throw. But you leave the other glove on and then you have to like get back. Or like I can't throw with one glove on, one glove off. So I take both gloves off because it throws me off. Um, So you get like all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I see people playing in like these big coats. I'm like, I can't do that. I can't play in like a giant coat. So, uh, 
I definitely like to try the. Yeah, hopefully we can. If we is. can get, make it every other Thursday, that would be. We maybe we can get there. We always have our ping pong. We have other things we, we can backups. do. Um, what about spring though? That's going to be awesome. You know, as you go into your next year of disc golf. Uh, do you have any goals in terms of this things you're excited about, or things you want to get better at, or? I think I'll be able to eventually shoot even at Elwood. At Elwood? Oh, yeah. You can get there. You can get there. For yeah. sure. Um, I feel like I've come pretty far, especially throwing distance-wise. Oh, yeah. I, I was horrible at first. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't need a whole lot of distance there. You just need accuracy. And that comes with familiarity. Like, I'm so accurate there because I'm just, yeah, I know what know disc I'm course. throwing every time. Um, yeah, I pretty much know the course now, so yeah. I know what I need to throw. So... You, so shooting even. Also, you seem to be interested in playing some other courses. Oh, yeah. I think I can sneak you. I want to I do the day like Zach talked about where we, I love the days where we go and try to play like two or three courses in a, in a day. That'd be fun. Because yeah. you can go like Peru has like three within like 15 minutes or Indianapolis, of course, has a bunch. Fort Wayne has a bunch. We could like go to one of those places, like play around, eat lunch, play around, play another round, have dinner, go home. <laughs> That'd, that'd be a <laughs> Those are day. like super tiring, super fun days. And that it's like, um, you kind of, by the third round, you kind of don't like disc golf. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet it's tired. Yeah. Um, we got to get to Honey Bear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So we, can you just tell the story of what happened when we tried to go play Honey Bear Hollow disc golf course? Yeah. So we just went the other day and. We checked Facebook. They they had a tournament like last uh, month or something. They uh -huh. didn't have anything else. It didn't look like anything was going on. We get there, had our bags all ready, and this lady walks <laughs> out to us. She's like, um, "The course is closed for hunting for a couple weeks." I'm like, what? Really? Yeah, it was very bizarre. It was a Thursday. It was. It's the oldest disc golf course in Indiana. It's like a known destination, and they're closed for like two weeks for hunting. Yeah. Randomly, just two weeks. I think it's the opening of Gun, so that's a little less random. But, um, but yeah, it was bizarre. So hopefully, we I can show you that course because it is like it's fun to be like this is the oldest course. Um, I mean, they're probably not used to the weather being so good around that time of the year. But that's a that's still. a good point. All right, I'll give them I'll give them a pass. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so I had this realization the other day where sometimes I forget that you are a mechanic and that you've been, your dad owns a service center and that like you've been doing this since you were 12. And a friend of ours was, we were hanging out and he was talking, he's like really into cars and he started talking about cars and you could have the conversation with him. You could like talk, you knew what he was talking about where like Zach and I were like, like glassy eyes. <laughs> Not neither of us have ever been interested in that. And uh, and and so uh, yeah, I just forgot how much you know about that. But I think, but I'll let you tell. It, but like, you don't care to know that. <laughs> no, not really. It's just something I've done because it's been in my family. And it's I not something I really care about. I mean, I, I know how to work on cars. I know how to change all kinds of parts on cars. Yeah. I've done transmission and engine and shit. And, yeah. But I just, 
It's not something that really interests me. And that's your, but that's your job. But it's it's because it's it's like there, yeah, right? I'm good at it. If you're yeah, if your dad owned, I almost said dildo store. I don't <laughs> <want to say. laughs> um, if your dad owned a restaurant, you would work there. Probably. Yeah. Right? Like, it, no, it's like part of your, that's just the way you live. Like, that's, that's what I would do too, you know? And, um, yeah, and I just, I just think it's so interesting. So I was having this, you, were, you guys were talking about, I don't freaking know. You were talking about something with cars. <laughs> and I was like, and, and you just were talking, like, new. And we were like, and I was like, whoa, I forgot about this part of you that is like, so deep and ingrained but also not it's like it's not part i put out there a lot it's just yeah i have the knowledge you have a knowledge yeah i think this is why in fact maybe this is this is a dumb thing for me to be excited about but i think it's fascinating that you have such a deep knowledge of something you don't care about because mm-hmm. uh, everything that we usually have deep knowledge is about are usually because we care about it right but the exception is when it's something like I have a pretty deep knowledge of hunting and fishing because of my dad. I hunted and fished with my dad when I was a kid, but I choose not to do it as an adult for a variety of reasons. And but I still know all that. And so when people talk about hunting and fishing, I can have that conversation. But it doesn't do anything. It's pretty neutral feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think that's, yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's fascinating that. Because you've been around it for 20 years. <laughs> like, you've Pretty been much. doing it for 20 years. Uh, do you maybe, see maybe. yourself... Maybe this isn't a good conversation to have on air. <laughs> uh, do you see yourself... Uh, yeah, what's going to happen? Because he's going to ask you to take it over. He probably maybe. won't listen to this. But... Yeah. Who knows? He kind of has. Yeah. Like, told me he kind of wants me to take it over. But I've kind of also let him know, like, how I feel. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to. Yeah. But, but I, I don't know what the future holds, too, so who yeah, knows? Yeah. But is it, is it something you could be convinced of? I'm just curious. I'm Possibly. Just, I, I'd like to start my own thing, honestly. It's just, yeah, I'd like you, to have my own store or maybe like a meditation center or something like that. Yeah. You've mentioned something that. I'm more into, you know. Yeah, you mentioned that wanting like a place, and you've mentioned like CBD. You mentioned like uh, crystals. crystals. Yeah, yeah. I love crystals. and that metaphysical that stuff. Metaphysical stuff. Uh, well, it's interesting because you have that same. It's probably coming from a similar, um, like community, uh, work ethic, kind of spot that your dad's interest. Well, I guess he. Your grandpa started. Yeah, grandpa started it. This, it was a gas station. So your dad got, but your dad clearly loved cars because he's really into Oh, yeah. yeah. So he got right. that love of, he got the love and the work ethic and the community aspect, but you got the community aspect and the work ethic, but you didn't get the love of cars. No. <laughs> so, so then it's like, do you use those things to make your own place or do you adjust those things to... Yeah, I've also thought about that. Like, I could, if I owned it, I could do whatever I wanted with it, pretty much. I could <laughs> I could change it into, like, a metaphysical shop and your, a car place. Your you know? father would <laughs> murder you. <laughs> it's like, 
Everyone comes with like a quartz keychain. <laughs> Every oil change. Free crystal, what's your oil change? Free crystal, yeah. Um, in bay number three, Tyler is leading a meditation session. <laughs> <laughs> with our air tools going Everyone's off trying to, yeah. Oh man, that is so funny that to me. I don't know why that's so funny. Um, yeah, and then so another thing I thought we could talk about, we'll wrap up here before too long. And because I know you want uh, to beat me at ping pong, but um, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about my ill-fated three days working there because um, I haven't talked about this publicly and I haven't really talked with many people about it. And I don't think I ever really explained to you what happened. Not um, completely, huh? So not completely. Yeah. Uh, so what? Can you tell me your pers- your perspective? Uh, well, so just to set it up, I guess uh, Josh got me. Josh vouched for me, and I severely let him down. But it's okay. I'm used to doing that. Uh, but, no, he vouched for me. I was going to work with his dad at his dad's shop, learn some stuff, use the stuff I already know about change oil and all that. Um, had two really great days working alongside you. You were training me. And then the third day, you weren't there, and I fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it was just too much too soon. Sure, kind of and so, but what were what was your perspective as you were like, as it was unraveling? Because <laughs> you weren't there, so you were hearing from your dad. I wasn't there, but I started getting a text from my dad, then a call, then. And then my mom called you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just, I didn't know what to do. No, yeah, yeah. I was just like, all right, I mean, that's his decision. He wants to go home, that's fine. That's yeah. the hardest thing is, that's what I wanted to explain is it wasn't, it's not a decision, and that's what's really so hard about this. I'm learning is so hard about my bipolar disorder, is that there aren't that like a lot of the things when I'm in an episode aren't decisions. They're like they are the only thing that is possible, especially when I'm trying to prevent a catastrophe. So what happened was, and I realized, um, yeah, like I said, I read this article about bipolar anger, and it was really making a lot of sense, and it was talking about how. With regular anger, it's like you start saying shitty things to me that pisses me off. Like we can point to a catalyst, right? Like that's where it came from. With bipolar anger, a lot of times that catalyst is imagined or delusional. It's not a real thing. And that's what was happening that day where when I was isolated, um, my I messed up on something. And then one of the guys there laughed at me, and then it just spiraled. And it was this, I remember it for a little bit, where I couldn't, I, yeah, and it just, where it was like, okay, that, that, okay, that's, that, that annoys me that he did that, but I'm going to clean this mess up I made and move on. That's like a normal response. Mine, what kept happening is, I would hear him say that again, even when it wouldn't, I wouldn't mess up or I would mess up and I would hear him say he didn't say it. So I started hearing it over and over. And so everything I did, I'd write something down and I'd hear it. And then, so then it was just, you can imagine how that would get overwhelming, right? It's kind of like that spiral, that moment. Yeah. It's no different than if he were sitting there doing it. It felt real to me. And so it just kept going and kept going. And then as I was getting flustered, then my hands quit working, right? So then I would mess up. 
so then that makes me feel more like a shitball. And then it just, you know, it just keeps going. And so then I could only get to the point where I could tell, I could call my mom and tell her in like two sentences, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. I'm, I'll, uh, take care of the rest. Like I can't, like I couldn't explain to your dad what was going on. I couldn't explain to you what was going on. I couldn't just suck it up and. Uh, that's the hardest thing is, is that, uh, bipolar disorder is like a full-time job, like managing. And so then trying to have a full-time job is like someone trying to have two full-time jobs, uh, where one of the jobs keeps calling the other job, you know? Yeah, it's just too much. It's, it was just too much. And I think you're right. I think, you know, like, when was that? Was that... It was June, real close to after June. Diana left in April. You know, I was hospitalized in April. So, um, yeah, it was just, and it was just like such a bummer because you vouched for me. I love your dad. I love, I I love the idea of that job. And then here's oh here's another revelation I made. Uh, so, I was a t uh, like. A teacher and was you know with writing and all this and I didn't feel comfortable doing that anymore because of my disorder like being in that close proximity to kids and vulnerable populations and I just I didn't feel comfortable but then so my option is to learn a new trade which is very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and so then so then I'm like stuck between this like rock and a hard place where I feel like I can't do the thing I'm trained to do because I because it, uh, God, I keep wanting to use the word trigger. I don't like using that word in most contexts. Uh, it triggers me. And then, and, uh, but then I'm unbalanced in, in a new situation as well. So it's like, what do you do? You know, um, right now I'm doing this and focusing on my art and uh, all that. So, but, well, so I wanted to say thank you for vouching for me. Uh, and I'm sorry I, I didn't work out. And I'm sorry that I didn't have more foresight to 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 not do it. <laughs> it's, it's okay. No, yeah. Um, it was worth a shot. It was Neither worth, of us knew if it, it was worth a shot. Or not, and man, we had a cool, those were two fun days. Yeah. When we worked together, we just like chit chatted like this and, and did some good work. And I, when I can think straight, yeah, doing, you were good. I was you doing did a good. good job. You did it on your own. Um, Not but, a lot of people come in there and can do it on their own like the second day. Yeah, it's... You're an empathetic person. You could probably understand how frustrating it yeah. can be. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to bring this up in the, and to put it out in the air so we can... Uh, I don't hold it against you. No, no, no. No. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm sure I, you knew that. I just wanted to admit admit it like that this is what happened um well anyways uh i got one more thing before we wrap up but do you have anything else you'd like to talk about or anything we had a good episode all right you good good. all right so the last thing i i've transitioned uh where i want i at the end of episodes i i want to start talking about something i just want to share each of us to share something we're grateful for right now today you know um, you want to go first or you want me to? You can go first. 
All right. Today, uh, I am really grateful for those pockets of weather where you can, like in winter and in fall, where you can have like, we can be outside and, you know, like I know it's coming or I know it's been rough, but I get that little pocket of weather where I can be outside and play disc golf and walk in the field with Ginny. Um, you know, every once in a while you'll get that like January day that's 55 degrees and you're like, yeah, you know, those kind of days. Um, I feel like today might've been one of those. Uh, and so I'm really happy. I'm really grateful for that. What about you? What are you grateful for, Josh Lee? I'm grateful for my family and my friends. Your family and your friends. Um, They bring me so much happiness. Absolutely. Um, Well, awesome. To family and friends. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Boom.